All right, we're going to bring this meeting back to order. We are good to go. Okay, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meeting live on our website at qac.org live or on our television channel, BreezeLine Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to qac.org slash public comment and citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. Comments received will be summarized during the press and public comment period on tonight's agenda. We acknowledge everyone's participation and by attending you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comments will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you do care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table in the corridor. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Jim Moran. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We remain standing for a moment of silence for Howard F. Gardner, Jr. Thank you very much. Okay, that brings us to the approval of this evening's agenda. So our agenda for today's meeting, September 26th, along with the regular session minutes and the Sanitary Commission minutes from September 12th, have been circulated for review. Uh, do I have any additions and or corrections? A motion to um, approve the agenda and the minutes as submitted. Second. We have a motion to second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? So moved. Okay. Thank you, Commissioners. So we just held a closed session under the General Provisions Article 3-305B1 to discuss boards and commissions and personnel. And I do believe we have a few uh, board appointments to, to make at this time. Uh, first, we have the Blue Heron Golf Course Advisory Committee. I move to appoint Dorsey Schultz to fill the vacancy on the Blue Heron Golf Course Advisory Committee. This term will expire June 30th, 2025. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? So moved. Right. Thank you, Commissioners. Next, we have the Spending Affordability Committee. Uh, I move to reappoint Joe Zimmerman to the Spending Affordability Committee. This term will begin October 1st, 2023 and expire on September 30th, 2025. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Okay, thank you, Commissioners. Next, we have uh, Social Services Advisory Board. Uh, I move to reappoint Janet Salazar, Caitlin Sweeney, and Julia Krebs Markrich, and appoint Rhonda Knotts, Julie Cunningham, to fill the vac and to fill the vacancy um, due to a resignation 
Lauren Hoffman, this term will expire on 630 of 2024. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. All right. Thank you, Commissioners. Uh, next up, we have the Economic Development Commission. I move to appoint Patricia Fox to fill the vacancy on the Economic Development Commission. This term will expire December 31st of 2025. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? So moved. Thank you, Commissioners. And lastly, we have the um, renewal of the contract agreement we have with Cornerstone for Government Affairs Services for a one-year period. I move to execute the agreement with Cornerstone Government Affairs Incorporated and extend services for a period of one year starting October 1st of 2023 and expiring on September 30th of 2024. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Abstained? So moved. 4 1. 4 1. Okay. Thank you, Commissioners. All right. Okay. Um, that is all we had uh, for the closed <coughs> session. We can now move into press and public comments. So we appreciate all citizens for taking time to come and express views to the county commissioners. Comments are long. Uh, limited to three minutes per person. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing. This commission respects everyone's desire to, and right to convey your message freely. When you come forward, please speak clearly at the standing microphone. State your name, your address, and your topic of interest. And in keeping with the dignity of our office, we ask that all views be expressed in a respectful and civil manner. She said there was none. Yeah, okay. Uh, nothing so, online okay, online we have so no one signed up, uh, and we have nothing online. Would anyone like to speak? Okay, we'll move on from press and public comment. Excuse me. Come on up. Three minutes. Have a seat. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Tell us your name and address, and my name is George Kennedy. My address is 241 Mergenzer Drive, Chestertown, Maryland, sir. You can sit down. There you go. Thank you. All righty. <clears throat> I've uh, been reaching out to the committee in regards to public information requests um, that I've been filing with the county, and they've been turned down repeatedly. Um, just not answered, not replied to. Um, I provided the manual to each of the members on the board. I'm not getting returned emails about stuff. Um, it's also involving Americans with Disability Act and getting assistance with um, filing paperwork. Anytime somebody is requesting to take and get assistance from the county, there should be somebody assigned to take and help them out with whatever disabilities there may be. I have been told by Todd Mon that there is no assigned person for the county. Um, there's no reasonable accommodations being met. I've been asked repeatedly what my disabilities are to cause me to need it. That's illegal. That would be the same as when a person says I need a wheelchair ramp, asking them why they need a wheelchair in the first place. It's illegal. Um, 
My last, I'll wrap it up real quick. My last and final thing is the recording of the county phone lines. It's not being notified typically to the citizens of the community that they're being recorded. Maybe now at this time since I brought it up. But again, no one is aware supposedly by Sheriff Hoffman's statement, it's above his pay grade to know if his phone lines are recorded at the Sheriff's Department. Who's in charge of that? Whose pay grade is it? And why can't we find out? If they are recorded, how far back does it go? How many thousands of employees, how many thousands of residents, whatever, have been recorded on those phone lines without their knowledge? That's by law and by definition wiretapping. Um, I'm also curious if we are in charge of the recordings for Centerville Police Department because my understanding is their phone lines were recorded also and they were not telling anybody. Are we responsible as Queen County for those recordings? Are they responsible? What's going on here? I mean, there's a lot of questions I've sent out to the board. I'm not getting many answers back and kind of curious if there's a time we can sit down and talk. I'm willing to listen to anybody, but not getting a response back is nerve wracking. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, good evening. You too. Would anybody else like to speak? Seeing none, we'll close the press and public comment. Thank you, commissioners. Okay, first up on our agenda, we have a very special proclamation this evening. This is proclamation number 23-43. It's a, for a life-saving event, and it's in your uh, books under tab three, item number one. Okay, I have the honor for this proclamation, 23-43. Whereas on March 15th, 2023, Queen Anne's County Department of Parks and Recreation staff members, Justin Harris, Jeffrey Hallett, and Corey Lancaster demonstrated heroism when they took action in a life-threatening situation. And whereas the Department of Park, and whereas the Department of Parks and Recreation staff selflessly and without hesitation quickly called 911 and successfully performed life-saving CPR on a fellow co-worker. And whereas the Department of Parks and Recreation staff's own personal initiative and conscious decision to perform CPR helped to save a life. And whereas the Department of Parks and Recreation staff has set an example for their colleagues as well as the citizens of Queen Anne's County. And whereas the Department of Parks and Recreation staff rapid response in a life-threatening situation is to be commended, and whereas dedicated professionals from the Department of Emergency Services, the Office of the Sheriff, the Graysonville Volunteer Fire Department, the Maryland State Police Aviation Division, and the Departments of Human Resources and Parks and Recreation all responded quickly and skillfully to help save a life. And now therefore, on behalf of the Queen Anne's County Commissioners, the citizens of Queen Anne's County, and the family of fellow co-worker, we proclaim our sincere appreciation as we honor and recognize the Department of Parks and Recreation staff, Justin Harris, Jeffrey Hallett, and Corey Lancaster, and the Queen Anne County public safety community for their life-saving action. Signed, the Queen Anne's County Commissioners. Or, 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 or
Uh, can I have the floor for a second, Absolutely. Mr. President? Yes. I would just like to read um, some of the names of the folks that were involved in this incredible miracle that God provided all of you for such a time as this. Uh, from Parks and Recs, we, met, we uh, mentioned Justin Harris, Corey Lancaster, Jeffrey Hallett, and Robbie Blackstone. From Human Resources, Dwayne Embert. From Office of the Sheriff, Deputy First Class Chase Armington, Sergeant Ryan Davidson, thank you. EMS staff, EMS 4, Robbie Lissell, Beth Beebe, uh, 100, Stephen Yetton, Ben McCarter, Sean Priest. From 300, Emily Card, Macy Wetzel, EMS 3, Kevin Brenner on 400, or from, excuse me, from 400, Dan Ebling, Katie Morris, Jennifer Kozlowski. Thank you, folks. COM staff, Brian Willey, Justin Parsons, Kyle Thompson, Justin Kosar, David Welch, Graysonville Volunteer Fire Department, Captain Matt Corsi, Firefighter Mike Basama, Skippy Hathaway, Corey Holm, Pete Risley, Tom Sheehan, and finally uh, from uh, MPS Aviation Division, Mr. Uh, Jude Gallagher, Pilot in Command, Mr. Aaron Clark, Second in Command, Sergeant Stephen Chip Koch, Flight Paramedic, and Trooper First Class Scott Boardman, Flight Paramedic. Can we give him a round of applause, please? Thank you. Thank you. And I believe we have certificates for everybody here in the room. We're going to, Beverly, you're going to distribute those after the meeting? Okay. All right. Well, great. Well, thank you very much. All right. Okay. Next up, we have uh, our presentations for this evening. Uh, our first presenter is uh, Robert Woolley, founder, and Colleen Williams, director of operations for Giving the Edge Foundation. <coughs> oh, folks, if you're here, I think you're here. I think I saw Robert. Yeah, here he comes. All right. Figure it out. <laughs> the mirror, those screens are much bigger than the ones that we have. They have nice screens. Yeah. Well. How do you follow that act, buddy? I was just about to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to peacefully let them. If you want to come back in an hour, you can. <laughs> Take five. <laughs> the, pre the presentation is also in your books on uh, tab six, but I believe uh, Mr. Woolley has it up on the screen here for us as well. In fact, the follow for sure. and some of our finest, so <clears throat> let them get out. I feel like I was just here. It's been a year. Yeah. Went by fast, didn't it? Yeah. Went by fast. They say time flies when you're having fun. True that. easier audience. 
Yeah, you're good. Sounds good. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am Robert Woolley, um, owner, operator of the Edge Arena, the Edge Training Academy, and founder of Give Me the Edge Foundation. Uh, this is why I'm here tonight to just kind of give you guys a, I guess now, an annual update as far as the body of work that our nonprofit foundation is uh, graciously doing in the community. So, uh, Colleen had another event to attend tonight, so we had to kind of divide and conquer. So, you got me. A uh, quick little rundown. Our mission is for young people to grow into successful, caring, responsible, and productive adults by building partnerships and community support. We achieve this through providing opportunities for youth to engage in community service projects, character development, scholastic achievement activities, and supporting our youth's social and emotional needs. Four areas of impact, after school and extracurricular activities. We try to really um, provide any uh, stop gates where there's a void in the community. Uh, what we find is that a lot of people come to us as a sounding board. Um, if there's a need in the youth community, we seem to be kind of fielding many of those things. And if we can be a support role in any way, shape, or form, we find ourselves there quite frequently. Scholastic achievement programs, we'll touch on that. I got a couple in here to, uh, to work on. Community events, uh, people say it oftentimes, man, you guys are everywhere. Um, you know, we really do take pride in being a, an ear to the community. Um, the more we know, the more we can help. And, you know, um, simple things like attending a drug-free coalition meeting, you know, it may seem like, why are you guys there? But in reality is there's so many little tidbits that we're picking up at every meeting that we attend that allows us to be more successful in, you know, understanding the, plat the platform that we're on and then being able to better serve it. So leadership programs, um, nice touch point here I'll get into on the back end of this, but uh, we've had a really great uh, movement in the high school division of our uh, of our kids. Um, really super. I'm excited to talk about that. Um, some of you guys probably saw us. Uh, these guys came out. QAC uh, TV came out this year and did a little highlight on us. Um, we were able to serve nine elementary and middle schools um, in five days. We touched five you know five thousand kids. Um, and provided just a great day where we were able to take the stress off of the staff and really come in and just take over the day um, and, and allow those uh, students and staff alike to have a great day of fun without the stress of having to conduct the activities. So with that comes a heavy cost because as you'll see here in these photos, every kid walks away with a t-shirt, every staff member. Um, oftentimes they get together as classes and do tie-dye events to make it uh, kind of a sign of unity within their own classes, which is kind of cool when you show up and they see how they've kind of made their touch on the day. Um, so thanks to you guys, we were able to um, take some of the funding that we received um, in our last uh, go around and put it towards these t-shirts, which this year I think it's worthy to mention, not only does it have our win the day messaging on it, but we're also um, kind of an emotional touch point is, you know, we do a lot of work with other foundations in the community with Julianne Rosella Foundation and you know Jacob Sloan Foundation and these people they, they carry such a heavy burden in the community as far as you know the lift right they're they're very emotionally engaged for reasons that quite honestly I can't really uh, it's not it's not my mission but we put both of their logos on all the kids sleeves this year so as their peers they felt as though they were being kind of carrying them through the day and that to me was just a, uh, it was more than a t-shirt at that point. It was more than a day of fun. Um, we took it to the next level, uh, if, you, if you follow me there. 
win the day essay contest. This falls under our scholastic achievement um, category. We really um, like hearing from the kids at both middle school and high school levels to hear about how they win the day. You know, it's oftentimes, you know, the kids who are successful in the athletic field, they get to wear, you know, jackets and whatever else down the hallway that make them really feel like they're somebody, right? Well, some of these kids don't really have that same, uh, same life, you know? So what we do is give out a win the day essay contest to the entire student body and listen, we just wanna hear how you win the day. And oftentimes we get some very, very neat um, responses from kids. Um, anything as simple as helping their, you know, their siblings do their homework to, you know, something that they do on their own out in the community, you know, being a, a servant leader to others. And um, it's really amazing to hear um, just how great some of these kids are um, much further away from the athletic field. Um, a couple of years back, we had um, some funding that, that populated here, um, our drone piloting program. Um, we just now have found a home basically for this at Queen Anne's County High School. Um, their aerospace program was kind of lacking a few support things that this teacher was gung-ho about. So um, we made some connections with him and lo and behold, now he's able to um, take these um, units that we, that we were provided and put them to good use. Um, these kids are gonna be learning all about how to not only simulator handle you know, piloting a drone, but also learning how to build the drone, kind of understanding the entire concept as to what it takes to get a piloting license. So these kids might walk out of high school with an already, um, you know, a drone piloting license as a result of this one step that we've taken um, to give them what they need. When the day PBIS, um, this is another way that we really uh, strive to interact with the school system. Um, let's face it, every student or every school building operates quite differently, right? You think, oh, it's the public school system. Well, not really. Like every building, much to my surprise, has its own issues, its own concerns. And um, what we've done over the last couple of years is really listen to them and try to make an incentive program that um, relates to them, right? Once upon a time, we just basically said, uh, nominate a kid, nominate a, a teacher, nominate somebody just for doing something out, outside of the everyday norm, right? That was recognizable. Um, and now these things have become so much different. A lot of them parallel with the student of the month, you know, for academic achievement. We recognize them for some of the other things. So it becomes um, pretty neat to see how it integrates into each of the schools um, quite differently, but um, the same essence is creating positive behavior incentive system around students who um, may not achieve well in the classroom, but really just are in the building doing great things every day. The leadership component here, um, a couple of years back, we um, had really had COVID, right? Um, the captains at the high school where I coach at Ken Island um, had previously been meeting together as like captain roundtable discussions kind of fell off when COVID came back. Kids weren't really interacting quite the same way. Um, so we listened, right? We heard that and what we, what we had was some people in our corner to, uh, to really back this idea up where we're gonna take leadership, right? And we're gonna start it with the captains and then we're gonna grow it out into the rest of the student body. Anyone who has any interest in the topic of leadership, um, self-leadership before they lead anyone else, um, they're welcome to attend. Um, so we've had a great, great 
increase in um, attendance for this, um, albeit it moved from during the school day when they could get out of class, which is easy to get kids to, right? Let's be honest, um, to then 7 a.m. on Friday mornings. So to get Except kids there, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> they're committed. They're getting there 6:45. <laughs> we serve them breakfast, um, and we're going through a full uh, curriculum of um, what leadership looks like on a personal level, and then as it you know integrates through the building, um, giving them opportunities. Now, what this has been, I'm most proud here. Um, the school was lacking an interact um, uh, an interact program, which was. For many years, very successful at Canalan High School. Um, it really focuses on the servant-based leadership. You know, it's a bunch of kids who want to do stuff in the community that is good, right? Just any service-based activities that they could wrap their heads around, um, and it was it was gone. So Rotary is very um, integral in that happening. So we tag teamed with the Rotary, connected the dots, got an advisor back in the building who's very passionate about this topic, and we're now able to live in conjunction with them. So we're teaching these kids leadership. We're giving them opportunities to go out and serve the community that they live in um, to get really a better sense of their personal value to the community. And I think when it goes back to our uh, mission statement, that's what it's all about, right? Connecting the dots, making sure these kids feel like they're bigger than themselves and can do whatever they put their mind to. Um, and and we're, we're in there and making it happen for them. So, um, so many neat things have come from this. Um, we were able, as a foundation, to tag team with the Clifton Foundation through Dixon Valve in Chestertown. Um, they're big on character development, right? And that's really up our alley. So they sent us a one of their HR leaders who, who brings in um, an element of education to this, right? And was able to co-teach the leadership uh, with, with our um, provider. What came of that was they were willing to then provide funding to give these kids a disc analysis. And, to be honest, in my professional career through college and everything else, I had never taken a disc analysis from a personality standpoint. It's how we interact with people, knowing yourself and how you're going to handle Mr. Jim. Like, you know, you guys have to understand a little bit more about how to communicate effectively. And for these kids at a high school level to do that was just huge. So um, I could go on all day about that. I'm super proud of it. Um, we just now launched a another uh, extension of that into the Arise Academy. So those kids who are over there at the Arise Academy are getting Friday visits from us to again, touch on these same type of things so that when they do get back into the building, you know, provided they're able to successfully chart themselves forward, they're already now welcomed by a group of people. They're, they're in, but they're not in the same building. So we're, we're pretty proud of that. Upcoming things right now we have, uh, we just kicked off our first inaugural adult uh, softball charity league which we're, we revamped the American Legion field down on Kent Island. We've brought together uh, our foundation, Jacob Sloan, uh, Rosella, and um, Not My Child. And the four of us have really made it into something of a community value. Um, it's super neat to see from an inaugural standpoint, bringing together 120 adults with the kids are running around like crazy. It's, it's kind of sandlot ball, but it's um, something we're pretty proud of. Uh, this Sunday, please, if you have nothing going on, uh, we're doing a Anthony's Run in conjunction with the Not My Child um, organization. Um, it's something that they had done for several years. Uh, it went away for a couple years with COVID, and it's back. So we're going to house that out of the Edge Arena. 
So if you guys are busy or bored on uh, Sunday morning this week, um, stop on by. If you're not going to run, that's fine. From 9 to 12, we're still going to have a family fun event held, held in the arena. So the after uh, event is open to the public, no cost to be there. 14th, we have a clay shoot tournament. Obviously, this whole thing takes raising some, raising some money uh, to make sure we have the ability to push all these programs forward. Uh, that's on the 14th. Feel free to enter a team. You guys would probably shoot well together. Or maybe not. <laughs> Bouncing a winner is our um, annual event uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. That's free to the community. We usually do like a canned good to enter. We pack the entire arena. We give the arena to the foundation for the day. They pack it with bounce houses. Families come in. It's a wild time, and the whole place is floor to ceiling packed full of that. So uh, mark your calendar there. And then our second annual Elegance with an Edge Gala, Saturday, March 9th. I believe Phil attended last year. Yes. A wonderful time. I, I will say this openly on the mic and into the public. All we cared about was making that first year event feel like it was supposed to happen. And without a doubt, it felt like it was, you know, it, it's something that can have a staple position in our community for years to come. And um, if you can uh, make the date, please save it. It was it was a who's who, that's for sure. Is that right? There was um, a lot of members of the community that were very generous that evening. Uh, again, you know, those 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 galas are great fundraising. Sure. Um, but, and, and I've attended them as other commissioners have, but there was something different about this one. That, you know, I the, can comment the, on it. I feel like it just... Was, the vibe was a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but as the evening went on, things... Uh, People started to relax a little bit, and sure. it was a great event. Well done. It felt like it was community first. It wasn't. I, I don't know that it felt so much like a uh, a gala type um, high end fundraiser. It was bringing the community together, quite honestly, to educate people first on what our mission was all about. We're still a new kid on the block in this whole in this whole deal. So a lot of people personally connected, and you know, so on and so forth. They may know me or know some of the body of work, but they don't they don't truly understand the depth or the width of what we're doing. So to just have that many people in one location and hearing about that was a definite success for us. So um, definitely something I think we can keep going year over year. Any questions for me? It's Colleen's uh, information there for uh, any questions after the fact, but anything you guys, uh, no questions? Keep up the great work. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's you know from the presentation, um, it's obvious to to us up here and any of the folks that are watching on QAC Channel Seven or who who are here in the room this evening, that you guys have literally covered many bases in just the first year in existence and the things that you uh, have made a commitment to focusing on the youth in our community. I did have the opportunity to attend the. Um, field day at Graceville Elementary School and and um, it was it was a bunch of uh, volunteers that came from um, uh, our high school seniors mm -hmm. from from Ken Island High School and, and Queen Anne's High School helped out with all these different events and, and things that were taking place with these kids uh, it was just something special to see and then knowing that you guys are doing this and reaching out you know all across our county um, it's a big deal and I, for one, will be continuing to support the, the Giving the Edge Foundation. You do great work. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Probably one thing I didn't touch on, and I'll leave it with this. Um, we're from here. 
this is our county first. You know, we take care of this community first, and that's definitely an open motto of ours. But we've been presented with um, some reach from the rest of the shore to do some of the things like the Win the Day essay contest. And so that through the rest of the five counties has been uh, asked of us to get into some of the other schools there. So, you know, I, the tentacles are going to continue to grow, I think, and really push. And um, as long as we're listening and people are talking and we can make a difference, we're putting our hat in the ring um, most of the time without question. So thank you. Thank you. Bobby. Excellent thank job. You, Robert. Yep. Robert, are they having drone races yet? Pardon me? You having drone races yet? No. So that's actually the capstone of this whole thing is the, the folks that we teamed up with out of the Midwest, that's their thing. You know, they yeah. have the drone racing league, yeah. which is a... It's on TV. Yeah. I've watched So it. these guys are able wow. to, now that it's become a thing and you can actually go and get scholarship money for yep. this type of thing going yeah. to the next level, um, a lot of these kids are excited for one because they now see it. Could you they, know, and could they do that in your? Absolutely, they've already given us like you put it's up. like a Home Depot uh, checklist of items that's like a hundred dollars, and you set up the entire race course. And you put up you put up obstacles. Yep. And so that's the end goal for these guys is not only to have a certificate and a piloting license if that's the the route they choose to go, they can still compete. You know, as soon as they get through, um, you know, basically their basic course. So. We'll have a drone field day now, right? There will be drone. I can see there being a lot more drone activity in the near future. Sure. Keep us posted on that. We'll do. Thank you. Thank you very much for all your work and commitment. Appreciate it. Commissioners, that is all of the presentations we have this evening. We can move then to uh, the Department of Public Works. So if you want to flip over to tab number two. We have uh, Director Alan Quimby and Chief Engineer Lee Edgar and Chief Erds Engineer Shane Moore. So, okay, tab two, item one. We have the Foxtown Apartments and Senior Center Roof Replacement Contract Award. Can I get a motion? Motion, sure. Yep. I move to award the Foxtown Apartments and Senior Center roof replacement contract to RRH Associates LLC of Huntingtown, Maryland, in the amount of $241,540 and authorize the Department of Public Works to issue the notice of award and execute the contract on behalf of the county commissioners. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Okay. Um, well, I'm glad you got a lot of a lot of bidders. Strong participation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Much appreciated. Second most bidder. Mm -hmm. make this easy on you, aren't they? Um, well, well, I see you I have. Mean, we you, we you, have all the prices in front of us, and that's true. They're right. all right saying. there together, yeah. so it's not. Well, like the public. I mean, uh, I understand that Solterra. Uh, did not produce the information needed to qualify them for the project? That's right. They did not include the bid bond, which is required of all uh, bid submissions. And, and they acknowledged that uh, it was an oversight on their part. Uh, as a result, it's a uh, non-responsive bid because it doesn't include some of the required things at bid time. So then the next lowest bidder is RRH Associates of uh, Huntingtown, Maryland. Excellent. 
Okay. Well, if there's no further discussion, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? So moved. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioners. Thank you, Commissioners. Uh, also, just to note, that is going to be funded via a community development block grant uh, from our Department Division of Housing and Community Services. So, just notable. Okay, item number two on pages three through six is the systematic replacement of a low boy trailer. And uh, this is for the Roads Division, so we need to convene as the Roads Motion Board. to convene Please. as the Roads Board. Second. Yeah. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Can we uh, I move to purchase one uh, typical eager beaver. 50 GLS-350 Ton Lowboy Trailer from Consolidated Trailers Incorporated of Baltimore, Maryland in the amount of $69,336 via the existing General Services Administration contract number GS-30F0025R. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? So, so what does this do? It's all equipment around. This the is a little okay. boy, yeah. so you can drop it off the back of a truck, drive an excavator oh, okay. up, pick it up, and take off. Gotcha. You never thought in your illustrious career you'd say Eagle Beaver while you're up yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Any other discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? So moved. All right, Commissioners, uh, item number three on pages seven through ten. This is a replacement of a uh, front-end loader for the Roads Division. I move to purchase one Case 621G loader from Groff Tractor Mid-Atlantic LLC of Essex, Maryland, in the amount of $262,177 via the existing source well contract number 032119-CNH. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? What's the life life expectancies of these uh, of this equipment? Uh, the one replacing is 1998, um, so we're getting some good years out of years. them. We're not. We don't necessarily put a lot of hours on a loader, uh, but they are. Um, we keep. Uh, we have six loaders in our fleet. We have five maintenance sections. We try to have one for each maintenance section, um, and then we have the the sixth one is in our yard. Um, and that one takes the most abuse as far as hauling, uh, loading sand and salt mixed together and salt, so that gets the most rust. But we're getting getting good life out of them. Mm. Anything else? Alrighty. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? So moved. Hey, thank you, commissioners. Uh, that is all for the roads board, I believe. Is that right? So if you want to convene as the Sanitary Commission, we have a public works agreement. Make a motion we convene as the Sanitary Commission. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. We, uh, item number four is a public works agreement, A and W investments for the Chesapeake Square apartment project. And if you recall, we granted allocation, or this board granted allocation, sewer and water allocation for the redevelopment of an existing commercial property into two apartment buildings which will consist of 21 apartments each for a total of 42 units. I move to execute the public works agreement with A&W Investments, LLC, to allow them to construct 42 apartments. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? Uh, apartment complexes and uh, apartments available in our community is well underserved and, and our total housing in the community it seems like every apartment complex that gets built is already sold out. 
um, before the first year. So um, it's a good thing. Any other discussion? Pat the Patrick. Any question here? Any idea how tall this is? How many stories? I suspect they are at least three floors, if not four floors. This is a redevelopment of a site. It's a redevelopment. So there was existing allocation there? Some. Okay, some. Some sewer, no water. Okay. So they're knocking down the apartments, obviously. They're out of office buildings. Round commercial rentals of huts. Yes. Next to between Queenstown Bank and Chester and Friendly Foods on that Route 18 spur across from <laughs> Western Auto, the huts. All right, we're voting to uh, execute the public works agreement with A and <coughs> W Investments LLC to allow them to construct 42 apartments. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain. So moved. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, the last item uh, we had on the agenda was for the solid waste division for tub grinding services for fiscal year 24, and I believe we're still evaluating some specifications on that. Is that correct? So we want to table that item for this evening. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So we'll bring that back bring, on the 12th. Bring that back at the next meeting. And I believe that is all we had for public works this evening. So Thank you. Ski resolutions. Well, we have yes later. How about the um, commissioner's meeting room? We're going to have that ready to go for our next meeting, uh, Mr. Edgar. We will. We will. Uh, thank you, commissioners Todd and, and Sherry, for uh, kindly accommodating the displacement. I, I think you'll be very pleased with the results. The uh, commissioner's meeting room was long overdue for fresh paint, uh, repair of some of the drywall and tape that had fallen, and uh, as well as some improved lighting and other aesthetic uh, improvements in the room. So it'll be well worth the wait. Could you please dispense with a, a terrible rumor that there was um, a painting of Commission President Jim Moran's face on the ceiling of the, the system. Is that is that Moran's Sistine Chapel? Just a vicious rumor. Alan, it was the one where he was reaching down with his finger. Though. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hey, pointing to the to Jim Moran's waterline. Remember that one? So don't forget that. And now it's Jim Moran's traffic. Oh, we won't even go there. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Thank you. I think it's going to be Mother of Pearl, right, on the scene. That's correct. Mother of Pearl. <laughs> there you go. Mm -hmm. There's Mother in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Yep. That's all Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, commissioners. Uh, next on the agenda is our new business for this evening. Uh, first, uh, if you want to turn to tab number three, we have a, a couple, three proclamations to go through. Uh, tab three, item number one, we have proclamation. Oh, we, excuse me, we did this one. I'm yes. sorry. This is for a life-saving event. So mm -hmm. number two, item two, is proclamation 2342. Uh, suicide Prevention Month. Evening. Evening. This is uh, Brittany Middleton and Susan Alstrom. Yes. Okay. Hi, Brittany and Susan. Hello. Good evening. Um. We'll do the proclamation first, or? Go ahead. Okay, we'll okay, go yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, so go ahead. About the program. Yes. All right. Okay. What brought you here today? Um, so my name is Brittany Middleton. I'm a victim advocate at Four All Seasons. This is Susan Alstrom. She is our um, human trafficking regional navigator at Four All Seasons. First, I want to thank you guys for allowing us to be here tonight. Um, so just a little bit about our um, agency. We are 
a community behavioral health and rape crisis center. We provide therapy, psychiatry, victim and crisis support and education and outreach in the community. We provide these services regardless of anyone's ability to be able to pay or if there's like language barriers, we still provide services. Um, we have four, um, or I'm sorry, we have seven for all seasons locations in on the Midshore. Um, we serve clients across the state through telehealth. We are proud to serve the community of Centerville and we want community members to know that we have a new program called Open Access. It has eliminated our wait list and people can walk in for services during the hours that they select, that they already have selected on the website. Um, we hope people will visit our website for more information at forallseasonsinc.org. And so we're here as a uh, primary mental health provider um, in the Midshore region. We do serve all five counties to talk about this difficult subject of suicide prevention. And I wanted to just read, uh, share a few statistics about uh, suicide in our area. Um, an average of 115 people are affected by each suicide. Every time we lose someone, 115 people or more are affected by the loss of that life. In the United States, suicide is the second leading cause of death for people ages uh, 10 to 14 and 25 to 34. 48,183 people died of suicide in the U.S. in 2001. That included 620 Marylanders. And one in five Maryland midshore teens aged 14 to 17 actually attempted suicide at least once in 2021 versus one in 10 teens in the United States. So we are here to share this important topic, this information. We appreciate you recognizing this issue through this proclamation. And you can see from the statistics that it's a very serious issue in our nation, but also here in Queen Anne's County. So you good? Okay. And the last thing that I have, um, we encourage everyone to check in on the people in their life regularly. Ask them, how are you feeling? Listen to what they say. Um, have no judgment with that. You never know what someone is going through. And if we all take the time to reach out, to listen, and to connect to people, to resources, we can save lives. Excellent. Um, I have the proclamation. It is Proclamation 2342, whereas in the United States, one person dies by suicide every 11 minutes and is the 12th leading cause of death overall. And in Maryland, suicide is the third leading cause of death for 10 to 34 year olds and fourth leading cause of death for ages 35 to 44, even though most of these deaths are preventable. More Marylanders die by suicide than by homicide every year. And whereas 48,183 people in the United States, including 620 people in Maryland, died by suicide in 2021, as reported by the Centers for Disease Control. And whereas suicide affects us all, with each death by suicide affecting an average of 115 people. And whereas the economic toll of suicide on society is immense. Suicides and suicide attempts cost the nation almost $70 billion per year in lifetime medical and work loss costs alone. And whereas the 2021 Youth Risk Behavior Survey conducted by local school systems in conjunction with the Center for Disease Control revealed that 19% of Queen Anne's teenagers ages 14 to 18 had seriously considered attempting suicide in the 12 months prior to the survey, 
with 35% reporting symptoms of depression and 15% of Queen Anne's teens actually attempting suicide. And whereas the World Health Organization released a scientific brief in 2022 reporting that the global prevalence of anxiety and depression increased by 25% in the first year of the pandemic and that anxiety and depression are leading pre precursors for suicide. And whereas many individuals experiencing mental health symptoms, suicidal thoughts and behaviors, or who die by suicide never receive effective behavioral health services for many reasons, including the difficulty of accessing the services of healthcare providers professionally trained to reduce suicide risk, the stigma of seeking behavioral health treatment, and the stigma associated with losing a loved one to suicide, and urges all Queen Anne's County citizens to, one, support the development of accessible behavioral health services for all citizens of our county in an effort to reduce the risk of suicide and mental health challenges for people of all ages and backgrounds, and two, recognize suicide as a significant public health risk and declare suicide prevention and mental health support a priority. Now, therefore, we, the Queen Anne's County Commissioners, do hereby declare the month as no matter what you, you matter, Suicide Prevention Month, and urge all citizens to actively work toward the prevention of suicide and to reach out to one, one another and ask, are you okay? Listen without judgment and share vital resources to promote an inclusive and mentally healthy community. Signed, Queen Anne's County Commissioner. <coughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you very much. I just, I'd like to mention, we really need to talk about this. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is part of the big problem for our teenagers. Yes, it is. TikTok, the self-images, they're being fed garbage. And Parents have just got to take control and control how much time their kids are spending on their phone. Yes, we have recognized that as a very important issue and begun to create some outreach and training around internet safety and as a human trafficking um, regional navigator, um, a part of that outreach initiative with the governor's human trafficking task force is to do that type of education to make young people aware and families aware of the influence of social media and the internet, et cetera. So we appreciate you recognizing that and we hope to be able to continue to do more work in that regard. And clearly it also affects a mental health uh, as has been noted in recent research reports that it does affect our mental health as well, our use of of social media and technology and excessive use, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> Would it be possible to get a, to get a photo picture? with everyone? Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Thank you. I'll give someone my phone. <laughs> We'd like to acknowledge. I also have some brochures here. Probably better in front of the table. We'll block it, you guys in the front. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you. 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 Thank you
very much. Okay, commissioners, uh, item number three we have on page three is Proclamation 2345 for the Upper Shore Regional Council. This is for their 20-year anniversary. Didn't say Vincennial. Vincennial. That's a new one for me, yes. Vincennial. Me too, right? yeah. All right, so this is Proclamation 23-45, yes, whereas the Upper Shore Regional Council celebrates its Vincennial in 2023, commemorating its distinguished efforts and successes in the region for two decades. And whereas established in 2003, the Upper Shore Regional Council has been instrumental in fostering comprehensive planning and nurturing the physical, economic, and social development for Cecil, Kent, and Queen Anne's counties. Whereas the Upper Shore Regional Council has been a steadfast supporter of local businesses in the Upper Shore region, actively diversifying and expanding area businesses, creating employment opportunities, improving, improving transportation infrastructure, and connecting businesses with essential workforce and entrepreneurial resources, thereby bolstering economic growth. Whereas the Upper Shore Regional Council has been an, an integral part of the agricultural community, by implementing impactful programs that strengthen the regional food system, ensuring sustainability and prosperity for farmers and agribusinesses. Whereas the Upper Shore Regional Council has distributed $210,000 and leveraged a total of $418,500 in, $418, in funding to 102 applicants across Cecil, Kent, and Queen Anne's counties through its agricultural microgrant program. Whereas demonstrating commitment to empowering the regional workforce, the Upper Shore Regional Council provides exceptional scholarship programs, enabling students to pursue the vocational programs of their choice, offers opportunities for skilled training, internships, and apprenticeships, thus fostering a skilled and competitive workforce. Whereas the Upper Shore Regional Council has provided eight, th sorry, 38 high school students with CTE equipment scholarships for students to purchase the necessary equipment to complete their studies, work towards their certifications, and help ensure success. And whereas the Upper Shore Regional Council remains dedicated to continuing its service to Cecil, Kent, and Queen Anne's County, fostering thoughtful growth and ensuring prosperity for generations to come. Now, therefore, be it resolved by the Queen Anne's County Board of Commissioners, hereby recognize and celebrate the Upper Shore Regional Council for its remarkable vincennial milestone and commend the Upper Shore Regional Council for its dedicated service and exemplary achievements, which have significantly contributed to the well-being and progress of the Upper Shore Region, signed by all of the Queen Anne's County Commissioners. Very good. Very good. All right. Thank you, Commissioner. All right. Our next item is uh, item number four on pages four through 11. And uh, this is the Time to Care Act. Excuse me. 
Well, they're, they're, here, to, they're here to observe the meeting. They're going to observe the whole thing. Oh, 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 okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, back to item four. <laughs> item four, uh, time to care act, pages four through 11. And Ms. Churchill, if you want to come on up, our director of human resources. Uh, the Maryland General Assembly passed the uh, time to care act of 2022, which is, establishes a paid family and medical leave insurance program. Uh, with, the, with this program, employers, employees, and self-employed individuals will make contributions to the general fund, and the law provides for up to 12 weeks of paid leave to care for oneself or a qualifying family member. So, uh, Ms. Churchill has been evaluating uh, various options. Uh, we could default into the state insurance plan. We could establish a self-administered plan, or we could contract out an alternative plan, uh, which I believe is our recommendation to use the third option via using uh, MAKO and MABE to join forces and develop a Time to Care Act collaborative for our Maryland public school systems and county governments. So that's kind of where we are. And uh, if Beverly, you want to add anything else about the program? Uh, sure. So one of the advantages of using the MABE-MAKO collaborative is that um, beginning in October of next year, if you're in the state system, in both employer and employee contributions will begin, but benefits do not begin until January of 2026. However, if we work with MAVE and the collaborative, um, uh, MAKO MAVE collaborative, um, we will not have to start contributions in 2024. They will not start until 2026 when benefits begin. Uh, so I think that's a, an, one advantage. And also with a collaborative with the collective, um, you know, we'll have some purchasing power. Um, we'll be able to to maybe do some things that are a little bit different. We have to meet the state minimum, but we'll have additional flexibility beyond that. Um, so I know at least 20 school systems in the state have already signed on to participate, and I'm aware of between 10 and 15 counties, maybe more, uh, that are agreeing to sign on with the um, collaborative. And also MML has signed on to be a part of the collaborative. If the a municipality has at least 15 employees or more uh, so I think it's probably the best way for us we have a similar situation that we started in 1995 with our health plan we have a, a consortium has worked very well for us over the years so I think this would be a similar pattern for us to follow What's the fiscal note on this? We don't know yet. Um, so, it's, so it's an unfunded mandate. And we, don't, we don't know what it's going to cost <laughs> yeah, us yet. We don't know yet. That shouldn't surprise you. <laughs> no. But to, to Beverly's point about this state program, so we, we had a long discussion about sure. this at the last make of board of directors meeting about how this was going to come about and what, what the effects were going to be. So through the state plan, you're literally putting a year in. year and before, a half or, in. Yeah, a year and a half in of money that's going into a state coffer, unprotected, and it's going to sit there. Yeah, it's going into a state coffer for this. We don't know how much it's going in. Well, it's it's a percentage. It's going to be a percentage, right? Yeah. Right. The we, it's going to be um, the total contribution cannot exceed 1.2 percent of wages. Now they have defined wages. We've seen the rough draft of the right. guidelines for wages. Uh, we haven't seen the final guidelines. They don't come out until January of 2024 and it's my understanding in October 1st they're supposed to figure out what that actual percentage is supposed to be. Right and that was where the sticking point was is one overlaps the other and there's they're going to set one before the other and the and the other and I can't remember if it's the wager percentage or whatever they're, they're putting the wrong one first basically so you would you would buy into the state plan and then you find out what you're going to pay 
versus when we go in, all that's already going to be ironed out. We're going to know exactly what we got to pay, and we won't have to pay until we know what we got to pay if we go this route. It's the economies of scale, just like Beverly said right. on the insurance. So. I, I think all the counties, based on what I've heard, are all going to go with it because it just makes a lot more but sense. Even a lot of the larger counties yeah. are buying, well, I know which Baltimore is surprising to did. me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I guess because uh, uh, we did talk about this, and and I, I, I'm more concerned about, you know, right now, uh, what are benefits after a year, after six months in Queen Anne's County? When benefits do you, for what? Uh, Health. Uh, you mean? Yeah. Anything else? FMLA. FMLA, you have to work one year, one year yeah. 12 months, and have 1,250 hours um, in that 12-month period. So this is going to be different. You have to have 680 hours. So there is going to be some overlap, right. but not 100%. But I, I guess at that point, FMLA is how many weeks? 12. 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. And then this is 12 weeks. Yes. Plus whatever their leave is. I mean, you could have somebody technically out for anywhere from six months to a year. Not Correct. usually, no. Not, no, but I don't you think can, so. If you, if you, if you, no, we did talk about this. You can meet all four of the requirements for this to get the whole thing. You could. There, I mean, all you got to have is somebody deployed. Well, you got to get sick. Yeah, I mean, right, because you're you going to be <laughs> eligible for the paid, I'm echoing, I feel like. Um, the Time to Care Act is going to, you're going to be eligible for that sooner because it's 680 hours. Whereas FMLA, it's 1,250 hours, plus you have to have worked 12 months. So it is a little different, but where they do run concurrently, we will run them concurrently um, so that there isn't like double dipping, if you will. Um, so, they allow that? and we do that now with, so right now we do that with like workers' comp. We, we run those concurrently with FMLA. So once the regs come out, we can put a system in place so that they don't run things that can run concurrently do. Um, I've seen some preliminary just last week, some preliminary guidance has come out with some of the leave as far as how we're going to manage that. But it's, it's going to be complex. That's why I think having a third party to help you administer it is going to be very helpful. So, so how does, when, when they're running concurrently, how does it work? Do you get the greater of the two benefits? So the, 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 the FMLA leave is not a paid leave. It doesn't have to be a paid leave, where okay. this is a paid leave. So it's really counting the time. I know. It blows your mind, I, doesn't it? Well, no, I'm just saying, one's paid, one's not. You're obviously <laughs> going to take the one that's paid. I mean, Maybe. If, well, if oh, you, and, and, and I'm more concerned about does it increase the number of people out on it? And then you're missing employees. And it's probably going to increase the number because you're eligible for it sooner. So maybe some people that wouldn't have normally been eligible for FMLA would be eligible for this. Um, so yes. So, so what was it? It's it's deployment. Uh, it's deployment illness. It's, uh, all, it's all very similar things to what that FMLA are is, FMLA's, right? Yeah. And then there was a fourth one. I can't remember. What I that think was. the difference is oh, with FMLA or who is who you're eligible to take it for. FMLA is very narrowly defined as your spouse. Um, your dependent children um, and your um, parents, where this is more broadly defined. So I think the reasons for taking it as far as who is out ill would be greater. So I think right. that's what's going to be different. What is this for private business? Same. How many employees? You 15. 15 or more have to abide by this? Yes. yes. I 
It means if you have 17, you just let go of two people. Or if you have 14, you'll never get to. Don't, don't hire another one. Yeah. Well, honestly, it's, you say that, but I, I remember when yeah. the ACA went into effect, yeah. it was yeah. 50, and if somebody mm -hmm. had 51, two people were getting laid off that week. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, there's, a, there's a real, there is some fallout will mm -hmm. come from it, you can bet. Well, that's my point. They yeah. can go from 15 this year to 3 next year. Just by we'll see. Uh, yeah. And the smaller employers will, of course, pay, you know, they're not going to have this option that we have. They'll, they'll pay into the state system. All right. Can we get a motion? I move the Queen Anne's <clears throat> County commit to participate in the MAID slash MAKO collaborative and authorize the county administrator and the director of human resources to execute the associated documents and work with the collaborative. Um, for implementation. All right, I'll second it. We have a motion and a second. Any further discussion? It seems to be the lesser of two evils to move this way, so, mm -hmm. and I think it'll be less burdensome on the county. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? I think I'm gonna abstain on this. Excuse me? I think I'm gonna abstain on this because it is a MAKO initiative. And okay. I voted. Right. Make a level for it. Sure, you, you got it. Okay, thank you. We obviously will track this. And if we yeah. find oh, yeah. that this isn't the right way to go, we can pivot, right? Now, the question on that, though, real quick, Beverly, and I guess we got to find out then do we have to back pay to catch up Probably. with this? Yeah, see, that, that's going to be pretty costly at that point because you're going to have to catch up because remember, you're paying 18 months ahead. So, because so, the state wants to develop a reserve from right. which to pay, because they're cu currently not an insurance company. Fund. Exactly. They need one of those. <laughs> they need the key to that box, too. The TTF. <laughs> they need another one of them. Thank you. Thanks for the good news, Beverly. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Bear. <laughs> thanks for Always full of sunshine, isn't she? <laughs> Uh, All right, Commissioners, uh, item number five on pages 12 through 18 is the Town Rental Code Enforcement. Uh, there's a series of agreements here, and our Department of Housing and Community Services has reached out to the towns within the, in the county to ascertain if they will be enforcing the town's livability codes within their jurisdictions or if they prefer the county housing program manager to undertake that responsibility. And Mr. Mike Clark is here in the audience as well. If you want to come on up, Mike. Um, and he did reach out to the towns, and uh, it sounds like uh, Templeville, Queenstown, and Queen Anne have expressed their preference for us to enforce the code. And that is the livability code outlined in Chapter 15 of the uh, Public Local Laws of the county, which is designed to safeguard health, safety, and welfare of residential, uh, residential rental properties in our jurisdiction. So um, I'll make the motion, but real quick, if I can ask a question. So sure. the other towns that are not opting in yes. do, do they have similar standards that they are enforcing or i mean why wouldn't they opt in to take one burden off themselves i guess i can't speak for them but sometimes they don't opt in because they may have their own from town the code that they're implementing or they may have their own inspector down. and sometimes they may be contracting out there's there's services where you can contract out and have them um those are just my thoughts of possible i can't speak Exactly but I'm just why. curious if, if there's a minimum livability not, code, which should be countywide, whether you're in a town or not, the but are they maintaining facilities. that? That's that's my sure concern that is if right. they're not, right. then we should do something about that. Yeah. But um, I, I, 
we we basically by not responding they're kind of saying they are but i i mean with i can't go prove that they're just we, the ones that are getting back to us the ones that saying they want us to enforce our code in their we town. have a cog meeting next month and okay i will definitely bring that bring up it, okay but and yes i'll make the move i move to enter into agreement with the towns of tempeville queenstown and queen anne allowing the division of housing community service to enforce queen anne's county livability within their town boundaries second we have a motion and second any discussion on this item seeing none all those in favor signify by saying aye aye, aye. opposed abstain so move Thanks, appreciate it. Right, thanks, thanks Mike. Mike. Okay, now we have Proclamation 23-46 for Boy Scout Troop 278, celebrating Scouts in Queen Anne's County. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for having us. Brought some of the boys this evening. Um, talked a little bit about suicide prevention. I'm always with our boys to push them out in the forefront, show good deeds that they've done. AJ here had a young lady in his class a couple days ago, looked down, was right next to him, looked down in her backpack and looked up at him and said, I don't wanna live anymore, do you know where I can get a gun? So AJ, the young man that he is that has a servant's heart, he jumped up after class obviously, talked to his teacher, teacher talked to a guidance counselor, talked to the principal, by his actions, that young lady is getting help now. So I, we went ahead last night at our meeting, I had a challenge coin, gave to AJ. Uh, the Legion also has a new motto called Be The One. So you can be that one person to make that change um, because they told me it used to be 22 veterans commit suicide a day and now it's down to 17 because I think the number of veterans out there, um, not in terms of who's doing it, but how many total are out there. So we went ahead and just we're thankful that AJ did that, that he stepped up and I'm really, really proud of him. Um, so we recognized him last night and I wanted to, perfect timing, right? Sure. Bring him in front of you, ladies and gentlemen and just let you know what he's done because we're just proud of him. So. Care not to be out down on the No, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Jack, while you're up, give these to them. They have their Queen Anne's County pins? That's, that's what we got right now. I don't have one. I mean, you guys, <laughs> come on. Like Chris, that's we you haven't earned it yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. You know what? <laughs> need some more? Yeah. How many more do we need? Do we need for the boys here? Two more. Come on, Chris, dig these. I got two more. All right. Scouts are always prepared, Todd. All so right. Bring what you need. Scouts are always prepared. Okay. You might not know about that. I do now. But we just, more so, we wanted to come tonight, even though that was worked perfectly with coming. We just want to thank you for everything you've done for the county, uh, everything you've done for scouting. Bill, Chris, you know, a lot of you I kind of know from, from other stuff, and just thank you for that and always being there to support. Always be in there with courts of honor, Eagle Courts of Honor. Jack, when I worked for Boy Scouts, you were we were up north in the county and you came to one of the Eagle Courts. So just thank you for always being selfless for the county, but then also for the kids. So, so Mike, take uh, a minute and start with some of the support parents that are with you tonight. Okay, uh, this is Wes Ridgely. Um, he's a long-term scouter. 
Uh, son got an Eagle Scout, um, really great guy, actually the one that set things up tonight, so he always goes above and beyond to do things. He lives in a terrible neighborhood, um, though, I'll does, tell you. I do. I have heard horrible neighborhood. Rough neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then next to him is Mr. Adam Red. Um, he's the one that makes sure gear's ready, things are ready to go when it comes down to it for going camping. And he's the father of AJ. As you can tell, they're both taller than me, which doesn't say a whole lot. He's not a tall guy. Um, and then last but not least, uh, Mr. Steve, um, new with the troop, um, but they've come in. He's taken on some roles, helping the boys, being there. That's what I love about our county. We just, people come out selflessly to help the kids. Um, and that's why I love scouting. I mean, I've been doing it. I work for Boy Scouts, been doing it for 12 years now. And I just, I was in the elementary school this past couple of weeks. We recruited a number of kids at Mattapique, Bayside, Ken Island, Graysonville to get them K to five, put them into the scouting program. Awesome. Uh, so just really exciting Boy, and we have. a great time. So we, we met AJ. Yep. So AJ, and then come this way, come over. Some amazing can stand this side. If I want to hear them. Uh, this is Mr. Dylan Scalia. Hey. Uh, We're Dylan. Dylan. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Speak for you. Go to the microphone right there. Go ahead. So Sorry for standing. I am basically no, the second. I'm basically the second to last rank of to Eagle Scout, um, which is life rank, and I'm the uh, ASBL of the troop, which is basically like the vice president, if you uh, put things in that perspective. So, um, I mean, like Mr. Mike said, I, I love scouting. It's been part of my life for a very, very long time. Ever since I was in kindergarten, when I started as a Tiger Scout, um, I don't really know where I'll be without it. Um, it's kind of an integral part of who I am and like what my life is. I get to see great things, have free friends, and see new experiences. Awesome. Good. So what good what project are you going to work on for your evening? So um, I'm currently uh, trying to get like a, a project get going on. We're still in like the planning phase sure. and trying to coordinate it. It's basically we're going to be making, making uh, RV sites along the, uh, shed, the supply shed of the American Legion, uh, local, to our, uh, local to our island. So um, because typically every American Legion has some spots for RVs and campers to uh, you know, hook up and like stay for the night. Excellent. Good. Good. Yeah. Electricity, huh? Um, we're gonna get beginning. A well, we're planning to get a contractor for a probably, probably from R&D Electric. So. So make sure that you reach out to the gentleman very at the end, Mr. Todd Bonner, County Administrator, because there will be some permitting required. <laughs> yeah, so. Be, be happy to help you with that. that. Yes, sir. Yeah. And Thank he's you. actually every every year we do new positions and they get up and give a speech. So. I know that Dylan one day might run for one of your positions because he's definitely got that politician <laughs> mentality and, and can talk and, uh, and oh, get things good. done. When he's ready, I'll give him the $25. You know, <laughs> go talk him out of it. <laughs> is that for the permit or for the run? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the permit that's to the run, run is what it is. So who do we got next, Mike? We got AJ. My name is AJ. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad I was able to say that young lady is all I can say. Um, I couldn't imagine how I felt knowing that, you know, she had, she had done that to herself. She's not a personal friend of mine, but still, you know, knowing that she's not here anymore would help me would hurt me greatly. Uh, I think it's scouts really that helped me with that because of all of all the lessons I've been taught throughout the years. I've I've gone it since what Tiger Scout was like first grade. Yeah, yeah Tiger Scout. So I've done it every single year, and like like Dylan was saying, I don't know where I would be without it. I mean, I've got a lot of great experiences with it. A lot of great campouts with my dad. Awesome. So. 
AJ took a lot of courage. The yes. Good thing there. Yes, good did. for you. Good, yeah. good for you. Good job again. Yeah. And again, how selflessly is his dad told me going home last night from the meeting when we recognized him, he said, Dad, I almost didn't want to take the challenge coin or the pin from the Legion because I didn't want to profit or benefit from that. Yeah. And, you know, it was a great dad son moment. Um, so it's just it, more and more, it just how selflessly is. So listen, there's a lot of things that you guys do that you don't get recognized for. Yeah. So it's okay once in a while. I understand that, yeah. All right, who's next? My name's Mason Collins. You gotta have to speak up, big guy. My name's Mason Collins, and I've been scouting since I was in like uh, second grade, I think. And I love camping with my dad and all my friends. And it's fun to go out and camp. Very good. Awesome. Good job. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My name's Austin McGuire. I joined as a Tiger Scout, I think. And yeah, the camping trips are really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go on these camping My trips. My name is Logan McGuire. I'm his brother. Um, the camping trips, we uh we cook our own food. And um, I joined when I was a Tiger Scout, and I came all the way up from Cub Scouts to Boy Scouts. Pretty good. Very good. Cook. AJ's, AJ's the best cook. <laughs> he doesn't do hot dogs for every meal like some of the other guys do. Burgers and beans. We, yeah. all, we all work well together. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. good. He cooks hot dogs. I'm really good at that. There you go. Outstanding. Good. Good. Great job, guys. Thank you. Gentlemen, gentlemen, if I could just say, my, my, uh, my, my son is an Eagle Scout. And uh, it has, as you, as you two will know, and for you youngsters, it really opens up an amazing amount of doors for, uh, for Eagle Scouts. And they get recognized, they get acknowledged, they get, get scholarships to go to um, college. Yeah, yeah, Dad, you know what I'm talking about? So stick it through and you'll remember it the rest of your life it's the disciplines that you guys go through to get to that eagle scout status that screams accolades about your character yeah what's that and i, tell, and I say it all the time at the eagle ceremonies is that it's 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 an opportunity something that we're lacking in this country and it teaches you responsibility for what you use do yourself um Instead of blaming something on someone else, you take responsibility for your actions. And that's something that a lot more people need that lesson in this world today. So that, that to me is one of the biggest things you guys bring. And that makes you leaders of the future. And I always say that you guys are our future leaders. So, so I have the privilege of reading the proclamation 23-46. Whereas the Boy Scouts of America were founded in 1910. And since that time, about 110 million Americans have participated in scouting programs. And whereas Boy Scout Troop 278 is located on Kent Island, is sponsored by the Kent Island American Legion Post and has a proud history of scouting in Queen Anne's County. And whereas the stated mission of the Boy Scouts of America is to prepare young people to make ethical and moral choices over their lifetimes by instilling in them the values of the Scout Oath and Law. And whereas youth are trained in responsible citizenship character development, self-reliance through participation in wide range of outdoor activities, educational programs, 
and career-oriented programs, and whereas the aims of the scouting program are character development, leadership development, citizenship training, the personal fitness, the aims of scouting are congruent with the Queen Anne's County Character Counts Initiative and develop scouts into uh, honorable and productive citizens in Queen Anne's County. And whereas the Queen Anne's County Commissioners recognize Boy Scout Troop 278 for their commitment and dedication to the community and for setting such a fine example for young individuals to follow. And now therefore the Queen Anne's Board of County Commissioners hereby recognizes and celebrates Boy Scout Troop 278 and officially declares September 26, 2023 as the day to celebrate scouting in Queen Anne's County. Again, gentlemen, outstanding commitment, great job, and look forward to hearing about more of your successes. We'd be able to get a picture, we'd be able to get all of Absolutely. us in there? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, well, I'm, I am the shorter one, so I guess I will stand up front. Gentlemen, just right here in front of the table, tall guys in the back. Jump up, Bruce. Yours, Captain. Steve, you and I are always in the back. We, could, we gotta move this way here. Yeah, maybe I'll to the left. Matt, you may have to go back. I'm used to being there. We might have to go shoot it through the window outside. That's why I love the iPhones. Panoramic view on there. No. Just recently got back from vacation. I didn't want to hear. I didn't notice you weren't asking for a vehicle. I would have voted for you to be a pirate. It's my bad. I did. What is which month is that you're not supposed to shave? Isn't there a month is November, right? I don't know, Jack. Which month don't you shave? What's up? November. No shave November. No shave November. What are we going for that this year? We might. We might. No shave in the haircut. Yeah. 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 His hair and everything. Is really? He's even growing his hair. Everything's white. Yeah. Just rub it in there. He's, 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 hey, rub it in there. No, he's only getting it. He wants, hey, Chris, he wants to be a mall Santa. <laughs> he's well on his way. Yeah. Bad Santa. Nah, we'll keep him at the grocery store with the bell in his hand. <laughs> uh, I thought Mike was going to talk about the bridge shut down again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Is that, is that a rusty announcer close to home? <laughs> Okay, Commissioners, uh, our last action item for this evening under tab three 
Uh, on pages 20 through 25 is the Route 18 shop roof repair contract. This is from our uh, director, Steve Chanley, the uh, Department of Parks and Recreation. This is a contract uh, with Garland DBS to install a rest restorative coating on the roof at the Route 18 shop for a total cost of $174,663. And they do have adequate funding for the project in their budgets. So can I get a motion on that, please? I move to authorize the Department of, Pub of Parks and Recreation to contract with Garland uh, DBS Inc. to install a restoration coating on the roof of Route 18 shop in the amount of $174,663, utilizing the Omnia Contract Master Intergovernmental Cooperative Purchase Agreement number PW1925. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on this item? Does it say it leaks? Yes, it does, actually. <laughs> But this does all the buildings, correct? This is all the buildings except for um, the, the coverings for some of the equipment. But this is all the building. There's a picture in your picture. Yeah, I was going to say, so picture, it's A, B, C, so and D. All, it's just not that little outbuilding out all the way over correct. there. Okay. And actually, um, D is actually where the server is stored for the, um, uh, the tower. So we're taking care of that building as well. Do they think the longevity is that place? 20 years or so will be really? good. Yeah. The last time, um, right before I got here in 2018, they had just painted the roof. They didn't do the repairs. So this time we're getting the, the repairs taken care of. We have some old skylights. We're getting the skylights taken out because skylights always dry, rot, and leak. So we're getting those taken out. We've already upgraded our lighting system in there with better. So we don't need um, that natural light in there. Very good. Awesome. Very good. All right. Um, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? So moved. Thank you. Just think of what you would have missed if you didn't go last tonight, brother. I know. I know. <laughs> I am going to talk to Sherry about that. <laughs> you do have some standing. Last <laughs> place standing right now. <laughs> You're outstanding right now, brother. Thanks. See you all. All right, commissioners, that is all of our action items for this evening. We do have two legislative items under tab number seven for consideration. Uh, they are uh, the first one on pages one through three is the special benefit assessment for the Southern Kent Island phase three vacant properties, which includes Kentmore and Queenie and Colony subdivisions, class B uh, with a valid without a valid state-approved percolation test, and Class C vacant properties with a valid state-approved <coughs> percolation test. And this is um, a follow-up to our hearing we had uh, two weeks ago. And uh, obviously the staff does recommend adoption of Resolution 2310 <coughs> to levy this special benefit assessment for this uh, phase of the project. And we have Director Quimby in the audience here if you have any questions. Motion, motion to adopt. Uh, Resolution 23-10. Second. Do we need to read the whole thing? I've just adopted it. That's all you got to do. Yeah. All right. We have a motion and a second on this uh, topic. Any uh, dis discussion? I'm saying this has been here before, so. Listen, this is the one. There were some issues that were raised. I think Alan has addressed them to us. Address some of the, the concerns that were raised at the last hearing. I think I think Alan has already addressed those for us. So right. We, we did look into the concerns yeah. that were raised. Right. Okay. I, I just wanted to reiterate 
thanks for your everything that you do, and um, that the vacant lots, if water and sewer is running by them, by law they have to be. That's correct. If, they, if you're running the collection main in front of the vacant lot and it's in the service area, they must be served. And I reached out to the Attorney General in 2005 with that question and a couple other ones. Okay, well, what, so what we will be voting on is Resolution 23-10, Fixing and Levying a Benefit Assessment in the amount of $27,920 on all Southern Kent Island Phase Three Class B vacant properties without a valid state-approved percolation test, and $2,320 on all Southern Kent Island Phase Three Class C vacant properties with a valid state-approved percolation test, test, with an effective da billing date of October 1st, 2023. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstained? So moved. Okay, thank you, Commissioners. And our last item is for the similarly, uh, this is for the Southern Kent Island Ski Phase 2 improved properties in the Tower Gardens subdivision. And this is for all of the homes that were served in the Tower Gardens uh, community. This is also a special benefit assessment resolution 23 uh, 11. I move to adopt resolution 23-11. Second. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion here? We're cut and dry. And I'm going to do it one more time. Uh, we are voting on resolution number 23-11, fixing and levying a benefit, a benefit assessment in the amount of $15,220, payable over 20 years at 1% interest, on all Southern Kent Island Phase Two Class A properties that were improved on or before May 27, 2014, with an effective billing date of October 1, 2023. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? So moved. Thank you, Commissioners. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mr. Quimby. Thank you, Commissioners. Okay. Right, good evening. Thank you. All right, that is everything we have uh, for this evening, commissioners. Um, we can go to press and public comment, if you wish. Bruce, do we have any anybody for you? No. <laughs> like people a, don't want to talk. He right. pretended to, he pretended to look around. Uh, all right, we'll go to round table. Round table, all right. And uh, Jack, we'll start with number one. I, I'm just going to go ahead and yield my time for what I, the obvious conversation is going to be. So. I'm going to yield my time for the same reason. Patrick? I'm not talking. Let's see, do you want to talk about anything? You're good? Okay. Chris? We're going to go through without talking about anything, aren't we? I think We're, we've already talked about everything. I, I do too. So. <laughs> We're beating it. There, there, for those who uh, still have questions about the rent management program, um, today there were released a whole bunch of videos, Commissioner Moran and myself addressing. Mm -hmm. all, I, I think the vast majority of the top questions that we have seen, if you have new questions, feel free to come forward those. Um, reach out to us with any concerns, but I really do encourage you to watch the videos before emailing because a lot of the emails we get is, why can't you just do, and it's something that we've already explained a few times that can't do and why we can't do it. Um, so there's a lot of information that we're putting out so you can educate yourself on what the rent management program is and isn't and why we can't have, you know, special permits for people who live on the island and all other kinds of things if you have good ideas we want to hear them but so far um unfortunately we haven't heard any that are 
viable, legal, and won't inconvenience somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's just unfortunate. That's just where we are. The Commissioner President Jim Moran and, and Commissioner Chris Corcorino have spent a lot of time putting together, answering information, putting questions together, worked with our folks at QEC Channel 7. Um, so watch the program. They answer the questions that are looming uh, out there for our folks regarding this grant closure program. Um, I would personally just ask that you be patient um, and, and let it work itself through. I mean, and, and quite frankly, it, we're, we're still going to have questions when this is done. There's, this yeah. is not all answers. You know, the, the answers that you guys gave are the answers to the obvious questions of which we have information for. But there's, there's going to be more. I mean, I think, honestly, I think that everybody's going to forget about it the first day they take that first section out of that old bridge and start replacing it and see what happens with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly the truth right there. Um, as Commissioner Corcorino said, you know, watch, watch the videos, uh, YouTube them. Uh, there's plenty of them. Uh, Bruce Almighty here did a great job on it, so we're, we're appreciative of that. You know, um, I'm kind of torn here because, you know, what goes on in Queen Anne's County, normally we are lockstep with helping our neighbors. And I, I just want Southern Kent Island to understand that this isn't punishment. This isn't some sort of sick humor to why we're doing this. It's, it's to leave the pressure that Chester and Graysonville have to live with every weekend. You know, we're adding 10 or 15 minutes to your commute if you're trying to get on the ramp to go west. But we're trying to eliminate a one-hour commute for somebody trying to go to the grocery store one way. So, you know, be patient. This will all come out. Also, you know, more information, phase two and phase three will come out in the town hall. You'll see, you know, what we're trying to do. It's, it's complicated. I mean, 15 ramps in 10 miles, it's complicated. But to do nothing, is, we're, we're just, as commissioners, we're not going to do that. It's not an option for us to do nothing uh, because, as I said before, 15 years ago, there were no backups. Ten years ago, there was next to no backups. Look where we are now, and where do you think we're going to be in 15 years from now? And, and it's, it's a, it, I don't like it. I, I'm just telling you, I, I don't like it. I don't like it for, the, for our families. I don't like it for our kids, and I don't like it for the well-being of Queen Anne's County. So, you know, we need to get lockstep, and we need to all understand that there's going to be a little bit of pain, but hopefully not a lot. And I'm going to leave it at that. Motion to adjourn. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you very much.